For weeks this spring, students and teachers at the school in tiny Midwest Wyoming reported strange smells and headaches. Then in May, the school shut down after health officials detected dangerous levels of potentially toxic gases. But for months, no one could answer the questions, what were the gases and how did they get into the school? Wyoming Public Radio's Stephanie Joyce reports on what happened for Inside Energy. For 10 a.m. on a weekday, it's eerily quiet at the Midwest school. Fallen leaves skitter across the parking lot, which is blocked off by yellow caution tape. The only sign of life is the dog barking from across the street. Kelly Garbutt is showing me around. She has two kids at Midwest, and after the school was evacuated, she had a lot of questions. But the summer months ticked by without a lot of answers. And it was terribly scary for us parents not knowing what was going on. Like, why do they have a workover rig, you know, on our school property? What the hell is going on here? Midwest sits in the middle of the oldest oil field in Wyoming, the Salt Creek Field. So there were a number of possible explanations for what was happening at the school, most of them involving one or more of the 100-plus wells within a half-mile radius. But the prime suspect? Garbutt points to a patch of recently turned over dirt in the schoolyard with a metal pipe sticking out of it. So this, is, this is the leaking well. This was the leaking well, yes. State records show the well was drilled in the 1920s and plugged and abandoned in the mid-1980s. Once wells are abandoned, they're considered dead. They aren't monitored, and oftentimes they aren't even marked. But if they weren't plugged properly, they can act as pathways for gases that would normally stay trapped deep underground. It wasn't until the school shut down that anyone even thought to check the abandoned well buried in the schoolyard. But now, it's all anyone can talk about. Okay, there you be. Yep, see you later. Across the street from the school is the Big D convenience store, known in Midwest simply as The Store. Inside, Garbutt introduces me to other parents, including Jennifer Sutherland, who works at the store and coaches the volleyball team. Stephanie, I'm Jennifer. Nice to meet you. Sutherland says it was scary not knowing what was happening. Then, last month, when the health department released the test results from inside the school, that was scary, too. You know, just because we live in an oil-filled town doesn't mean our air quality should be that we should always be worried about it. The test results showed that on May 26th, carbon dioxide levels inside the school were 26 times the recommended limit, which made some areas of the school oxygen deficient. Benzene levels were 200 times what's considered safe. Like everyone here, Sutherland knew there were abandoned wells in Midwest, but she was surprised by what happened. There's so many wells in this area, it'd take them so long to check it, years, to check every single one of these wells. And the one that gave us the most problem is on the school property. But Sutherland doesn't cast blame. It's an act of God. It's an act of nature. I mean, Except it's not. In fact, it's squarely an act of man. Salt Creek is an extremely old oil field, and a decade ago, to help boost production, companies started pumping carbon dioxide into the field. CO2 acts like soap, helping wash the oil out. But because carbon dioxide is a gas, it wants to rise. And the thousands of wells drilled in the field, all those holes in the ground, are potential pathways for the carbon dioxide and other gases to migrate to the surface. Tom Kropatch is the deputy director of the Wyoming Oil and Gas Conservation Commission, which regulates the industry. He says FDL, the company that operates the oil field, took the necessary steps to protect the community. FDL, as the operator now and previous operators in Salt Creek, had a major effort to try to examine 
these wells and make sure that they were replugged if they needed or that the construction of the wells was protective of the environment and public health. Clearly that didn't work out. Are there potential rule changes that you're thinking about, you know, in order to prevent this from happening in the future? Kropach's answer, no. The current rules we think are protective. Salt Creek has The current leak appears to be fixed. FDL pumped more than 20 tons of cement down into the schoolyard well this summer. The more recent air samples from inside the school are normal, but there's no timetable for it to reopen. A new ventilation system has to be installed to prevent any future leaks from getting inside, and that could take months. For now, the kids are being bused 45 minutes south to Casper. Kelly Garbett is ready for the school to reopen and confident that when it does, it will be safe for her kids. But she says it's unlikely this will be the last time Midwest has to deal with the effects of a leaky well. They're constantly coming across new wells that were not properly plugged, never been put on a map, so nobody had any idea they were there. And that's true not just in Midwest, but across the country. We've drilled more than three million wells in the United States, and most of those are now abandoned. Many are in areas that were once oil fields, but are now suburbs. And while CO2 injection isn't happening in most places, wells can still leak gases like methane and benzene if they aren't properly plugged. Few cities and counties have any kind of notification requirements when it comes to building near or on top of abandoned wells. And frequently, there's no indication at all that there's a hole thousands of feet deep that could someday come back to life. For Inside Energy, I'm Stephanie Joyce. For maps showing the locations of abandoned wells in Wyoming and Colorado, visit our website, insideenergy.org.